0: This KMQ episode is brought to you by The Sexy Librarian's Erotica Blogcast. Listen in as Rose flirts around with Big Daddy and discusses erotica and sexuality with today's most provocative writers and community leaders. Subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Also available in the Google Play Music app for Android under Podcasts. And now your favorite sexy librarian. Rose Caraway. Cephalopod. I've always enjoyed saying the word cephalopod. It's soft-sounding, with just the right amount of syllables to grab the ear, and when it slithers from my lips, I can immediately picture those slippery, suction-smart creatures silently lurking in the dark, mysterious depths of the sea just waiting to entangle something, or someone. Cephalopods are creatures of intrigue. They hold a power of seduction in their strength, cleverness, and physical mystique, especially when it comes to fiction. If I but mention the names Jules Verne or H.P. Lovecraft, your mind will automatically conjure up images of giant squids and other spectacular monsters of the deep. But it wasn't until the Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest came along that I felt an entirely new sensation. Remember the character of Davy Jones? How about those facial tentacles of his? They were rather hypnotic, don't you think? Incredibly dexterous, too. I couldn't help but notice their exceptional talent when it came to any type of keys. A lady could find herself on her back for hours with the likes of Davy Jones between her legs. Oh, and he had a kraken as his loyal pet. Aw. I recently went digging on the internet and found that tentacle erotica is a pretty big thing. Just look up The Dream of the Fisherman's Wife. In 1814, a woodblock artist by the name of Hooksai designed an image to accompany the story that depicts a nude woman erotically entangled with two octopuses. You may already know Hokusai, though. He is more famously known for his print, The Great Wave off Kanagawa. I've wanted to feature a tentacle story on the show for a while now, but I didn't quite know how to write one myself. So I thought I'd put my own tentacles out to find an author who could. Tamsin Flowers is, well, an adventurous writer who is talented beyond what I can say to you right now. And as it turned out, she'd never written a tentacle tale either. But as she is completely in love with Octopi, she was more than open to venturing into new territory for us. I knew I could trust her to initiate us into the erotic world of a woman and a cephalopod. The Sexy Librarian presents the Kiss Me Quick's Erotica podcast. Transport yourself to a place, a time, an experience that will enrich your mind as well as your passion. You are entitled to your sexual self. This show is for adults only and is a hands-free listening experience, well, At least one hand. But before our story begins, let me tell you about our latest audiobooks. Tonight She's Yours, Cuckold Fantasies, which, by the way, is already an Audible bestseller. Cuckolding is deeply layered, from privately whispered scenes between a hot wife and her cuck, to a wide range of humiliation play, requiring the adept skills of a big, beautiful bull. Or three. Libidinous Zombie, an erotic horror collection. Safely indulge your darker cravings with an audiobook that is erotic, horrifying, cunning, edgy, seductive, violent, fiendish, indecent, and unfair. Oh, and it's super sexy. The Sexy Librarian's Dirty 30 The Sexy Librarian is at it again. This time, it's after hours. Forget the card catalog just for tonight. Come to the back of the library. Peruse The Sexy Librarian's private stacks. Still smart and edgy with just the right amount of moxie, these stories illustrate the limitless imagination of some of the best erotica authors today. Allow the sexy librarian to introduce you to some of her favorite and most trusted erotica authors who understand that sometimes you like it hot, intelligent, and occasionally very, very dirty. Get these sexy audiobooks now in iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. And now, When She Dreamed by Tamsin Flowers. When she dreamed, she dreamed of the Kraken. It had silken skin that changed color as continuously as the ebb and flow of the tide. It, or should she think of it as he, certainly the kraken that roamed her sleepscape was a male beast. In the world of her subconscious, his eight tentacles streamed across her body, always gliding with its cool, soft, creeping flesh. She sighed as she slumbered and shivered. He kissed her with a thousand suckers, each of which left a ruby-blossoming stain on her skin. When she woke up, she was never sure whether she liked the idea of him or not, whether she was pleased or not to be the object of his attentions. In her dreams, he took liberties with her that other lovers never took. Eight tentacles Could achieve pleasures that two hands couldn't. He plunged his sentient limbs, for she knew enough about octopi to know that each of the eight could think for itself far deeper into her person than a mortal man could ever hope to. And his mind invaded hers as his sharp beak scarred her skin. He knew what she was thinking. She went to him every night in her dreams. She was always naked in her dreams. She felt compelled to roam the shore until he inevitably appeared in front of her and swept her into his clammy embrace until he wrapped her in his flesh and carried her to his dominion beneath the waves. She sighed and let him have his way with her. He pleasured her one way and another. And then again, giving no sign of pleasures derived for himself. What did he want with her? She wondered if he hungered for her energy, if somehow her orgasms nurtured him or fueled him or her thoughts. He had free reign of both. Really, she should know. He was her construct after all, wasn't he? She remained his captive until morning came. Then he loosened his grip on her at the sound of the alarm clock. She woke up, unrested. Dark rings shadowed her eyes, and her movement was slow until she'd had her first shot of morning caffeine. She stared out of the window at the bay, watching the play of the wind across the water. Was he out there, waiting for her? Ben commented on how restless she'd been in the night. He said she looked tired. He wondered about her mood. But encouraging early nights was hardly a solution. She bit her tongue and made an effort to smile at him. She could hardly tell him that her dreams of sex with a cephalopod were making sleep less than restorative. When he made love to her with decreasing frequency, she faked her orgasm because there was nothing he could do now to make her come. She needed more. She needed eight, thinking, streaming tentacles to enwrap, entwine, and entrap her. She needed multi-pronged invasions and a blood blister for every sucker. She needed to feel the rasp of a hard beak slicing her soft places. She looked at her pale skin in the mirror, But there were no marks in the morning. Nothing for Ben to see, though he looked at her with questioning eyes more and more often. When she realized Ben was having an affair with a colleague at work, she could hardly blame him. She was unfaithful to him nightly, repeatedly. She didn't tell him she knew about the girl. He deserved more satisfaction than she could give, and now his concern was not to be found out himself, rather than finding out what had made her change. The kraken had excavated a slim chasm between them that was widening every day. At work, she went through the motions, while her mind was elsewhere visiting places unknown and unknowable to her colleagues. They, too, wondered why she looked so tired, why she forgot to do what was required, where her former diligence had evaporated to. She exchanged no small talk, gave them no clues. She didn't even notice the hushed whispers that followed her in and out of rooms and along corridors. The job she'd once loved with a became a placeholder to fill the days between her nights with the Kraken. The Kraken. What did the dreams mean? They were slowly becoming as real to her as anything in her waking hours. Beneath her clothes, as she went about her daily activities, she could feel the suction of a tentacle wrapping itself around an arm or a leg. She could taste the briny, sateen skin on her tongue, as one of the eight slipped down inside of her throat. Another might wrap around her neck like a muffler that only she was aware of. Her breath would quicken and her concentration would shake loose. The kraken had her under his spell. She was thinner now than she'd been before she'd married Ben. Someone or something had scooped hollows out of her cheeks. Bones protruded at wrists and ankles as if they wanted to break free from the prison of her flesh. The sides of her buttocks were concave and her ribs formed a ladder to her shrunken breasts. Ben cooked for her, her favorite dishes, and remonstrated with her. See the doctor, Annie, please. There was nothing she could tell the doctor. He diagnosed stress and prescribed accordingly. She flushed the pills down the toilet, closed her eyes, and allowed her mind to transport her to the shoreline. When Ben commented that she whimpered in her sleep, she moved into the spare room. She went to bed early, sometimes straight after dinner. She always slept right through until the alarm sent the kraken scurrying away. Yet she was fading before her husband's eyes as if the life was being sucked right out of her. Perhaps it was, but she didn't care to speculate. She only cared about the nightly ritual of sucker and tentacle and beak. But dreams don't provide sucker in the real world. A dream lover isn't real flesh and blood. His touch is only in the mind, not on the body. Annie's flesh craved what her mind luxuriated in. She wanted a kraken lover with a real physical presence. She knew he was out there, in the sound, whispering to her, visiting her in her dreams, waiting for her. Tell me what's happening, said Ben, but she said nothing. She was called in to see her supervisor at work. He suggested she take some time to look after her health. She said she felt fine, but she wasn't given a choice. Her work had suffered... The company had made up its mind. Whispered the kraken in her dreams. She walked the cold winter shore for peace of mind, though that was an illusion. What peace could there be when she was straining to hear his call and wondering where, under the white capped waves, he was lurking? She walked for miles on the deserted strand, lost in the world of her dreams of the Kraken. One day, she saw that Ben was following her. But what did it matter? She was just walking. Did he think she was meeting a lover, out along the bluff, around the cove, and out of sight of the house? Or was he scared at what she might do, alone on the shore? mentally incapacitated. He wouldn't find any answers. She walked silently, an enigma to him. He couldn't know about the nightly invasion of her dreams by a tentacled lover. He couldn't know about her longing for the monster's cold, clammy touch on her skin. As the days grew shorter and the skies darker, it suited her mood. The dreams continued but they'd awoken such a hunger in her, such a longing, that all other thoughts were driven from her mind. She was drawn to the water's edge, day after day, impervious to the freezing drizzle, or the sea mist that rolled up the shore and insinuated a layer of damp between clothing and skin. She wrapped herself in it. To her, it felt like a lover's embrace. About 30 feet out from the strand, there was a small outcrop of rocks. At low tide, a person could easily walk out to them across the wet sand. When the tide came in, the rocks formed an island as the sea surged and eddied around them. This, Annie knew from her dreams, was the place where they would tryst. This was where her fantasy would hatch into reality. When the time was right, she would wait for the kraken on the rocks and give herself up to him. When the time was right. As the morning tide turned and started to come in again, she picked her way over the wet sand to the outcrop. It was raining and so cold she was the only body on the beach. Low clouds massed along the shoreline, adding their weight to the blanket of frost in the air. Annie trembled as she climbed up onto the rocks. The waves, rolling against their base, threw a shroud of icy spray. Her clothes clung to her and the fingers that gripped the razor-sharp crags turned bright red and quickly lost feeling. But her resolve was strong, and when she saw the tip of a smooth blue tentacle attach itself to the rock, she smiled. Heat blossomed inside her as the first tentacle was joined by another. Her kraken had come for her. It all happened so quickly. Her arms and legs were captured, clothes torn away, tentacles twisting around them, tightening their grip as she jerked with surprise. Another round her waist and one on the skin of her neck, their first flesh-to-flesh contact. A tentacle moved against her throat with the rasp of sandpaper, making her gasp a burning sensation constricting as she shook her head. The remnants of what she was wearing were peeled from her skin until she was completely naked within his grasp. The kraken's head reared in front of her, and she was flooded with the heat of her arousal. His yellow eyes took possession, and she felt herself being lifted away from the rocks. She was bound by his flesh, and when she tried to move, the monster's hold on her hardened. Suckers attached themselves, almost as if with circles of tiny, sharp teeth. They bit more than sucked, and she pressed herself against them as the sensations ran rampant across her skin. She let her head rest back against the soft curve of one of his eight shoulders and closed her eyes. She was his now. What would be, would be. The Kraken started moving through the water, but he held her above the waves. The cold wind buffeted her flesh. Icy water splashed her like lashes from a whip. She shivered. There was no warmth in the tentacles that entwined her. The creature moved fast across the surface of the bay, pitching with the swell, but soundless. Then the angle at which he held her changed. The kraken was descending, and a tearing cold swept up her body as they submerged. She had just time to suck a great breath of air into her lungs before being plunged into the brine. The shock of the cold contracted her scalp and made her teeth hurt. Water pushed up into her nostrils and flooded her ear canals. She would have gasped if she hadn't been holding her mouth so tightly shut to preserve the scant air she had. Now the kraken was in his realm. Darkness enveloped them, and the rush of water against her flesh told her they were moving faster still. Instinctively, she struggled in his arms, desperate to push herself up to the surface before her precious air supply ran out. The tentacles held her tighter still, apart from one which detached itself from her left forearm. It rippled up her arm to her shoulder and then climbed to her neck. A second later, she felt the touch of the kraken on her brow. He was stroking her, calming her, She understood. She needed to stop moving, as it would use up the oxygen in her bloodstream too quickly. She allowed herself to go limp, to experience only the cold rush of darkness and the equally cold rasp of his suckers on her skin. Would she survive? Her lungs felt fit to burst. After the momentary calm, panic bubbled up inside her, She wanted to call out to Ben to come for her, but he wouldn't hear, and she clamped her mouth shut with her teeth, even as her head started to thrash from side to side. Light penetrated her eyelids, and she opened her eyes. Above them, through a wall of water, a pale green glow had appeared. The kraken surged up toward it, and all the while, it became brighter and stronger until, with a splash and a cry, they cut through the surface of the water. Annie sucked damp, fetid air to the bottom of her lungs, great gulps of it, panting and heaving as her blue blood reoxygenated. She sobbed, closing her eyes again and letting her burning lungs absorb what she needed. The octopus moved slowly now through the green glimmer, The water here was calm, and when Annie finally felt able to look around, she understood why. They were in a domed cavern. The green light glinted above them at the apex of the dome. She couldn't guess at its source, and around her, rocks and water glistened into the distant darkness. It was a vast place, silent except for the gentle slapping of ripples against stone. Where are we? No answer. Of course, no answer. What was she thinking? She shivered, and the kraken lifted her clear of the water and lay her naked body on a flat stone ledge. She was in his lair. She was at his mercy. Her shiver intensified, but she no longer felt the cold or the discomfort of the crumbling slate beneath her back and buttocks. Yellow eyes with crescent-shaped pupils stared down at her, their short stalks bending to an appropriate angle. She stared back at them and felt communion taking place. She relaxed her muscles and let herself open up to him. The beast clambered up onto the ledge beside her. His suckers squelched against the rock. He moved slowly, inspecting her, as he maneuvered himself into the position he wanted. Two tentacles gently spread her legs wide. Then he climbed across to position himself between them, not touching her, but looming above her in the green haze. The muscled wall of her cunt clenched in anticipation. Wasn't this all she had dreamed about? The creature emitted a soft moan, practically a sigh, and Annie's breath caught in her throat. I'm yours, she whispered. Did he understand? His tentacles streamed across her body, the suckers puckering her skin, grasping at her, pulling and tugging, making her his. Yes, he understood, and he was taking what he wanted, what he'd brought her here for. She gave it freely. He explored her completely and thoroughly, stamping his ownership all over her body with the rasping suckers. The ends of his tentacles were as sensitive as fingertips, brushing her hair back from her brow, outlining her lips, pushing into her mouth to dance with her tongue. Never had she wanted to drown herself in a kiss like this. Never had a man's tongue expressed such passion in her mouth. At the same time, other tentacles invaded. Cold suckers scraped the soft, wet walls of her cunt. A fleshy finger pushed itself into her ass, and when she gasped with fear and pleasure entwined, another tentacle gained passage into her mouth. This one bypassed her busy tongue and slithered beyond her soft palate, down into her gullet. She retched and coughed and came with a spasm that racked her body and made her jerk against the cold stone. But the kraken hadn't finished. The tentacles squirmed in and out of her, changing places so each could have a taste here and there. The suckers caught and released her flesh, moving across her planes like caterpillar tracks, intent on exploring every inch of her. His beak nestled between her legs, sharp and hard, opening its bladed calipers to let his tongue slide out. Barbed and hooked like a cat's, the kraken's tongue slipped between her lips to sup on her warm nectar. Pinned down by tentacles, she cried out. He made her come again and again without mercy. Grunts and gurgles articulated the beast's own pleasure. Deep inside Annie's cunt, the long grooved tentacle that was the kraken's sex organ began to swell. She felt full, then overfull. Stretched until she thought she was in danger of being split wide open as her muscles contracted against him in the throes of another orgasm. Head thrown back, spine arching, Annie received the Kraken's gift. Pod after pod, After pod, deposited inside her, pushed further and further up to accommodate more, the octopus had taken her and mastered her. She was his now, completely. No mortal lover could compare, and she would have no need of one again. Sated. She slipped from consciousness, aware only of the weight of the Kraken's sperm pods inside her, her precious cargo. The last thing she knew was being gathered up in his arms and swept away. It was all she'd ever dreamed of, and more. Mine, he whispered in her ear, his voice as rasping as one of his suckers. she next opened her eyes she was back in her bedroom lying on her back in her bed the glare of sun coming through the window prompted her to look around nothing had changed but Ben was sitting on the end of the bed staring at her you slept badly he said so I switched off the alarm had she slept at all the events of the previous night came flooding back She closed her eyes again, wondering if Ben had missed her at all, or if he'd slept through her absence. Thank you, she said quietly. Are you all right, Annie? You were so restless. You tossed and turned and moaned the whole night. Did I keep you awake? Ben nodded. No matter, as long as you're okay. She sat up. It must have been just another dream, but she noticed a feeling of heaviness against her perineum when she shifted position on the bed. And as Ben came toward her, she quickly pulled down the sleeve of her nightgown. How would she explain those red circular marks on her forearm? A dream? Or maybe not? Only time would tell. For Stupid Fish Productions, this is Rose Carraway. We hope you enjoyed the show. That was When She Dreamed, written by Tamsin Flowers. For more stories by Tamsin Flowers, go to TamsinFlowers.com. If you would like to get in touch with me, I can be found at TheKissMeQuicks.com. Have a happier life. We encourage you lovely, lurid listeners to be playful, enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. For more fun, sexy stories, go to Amazon, iTunes, or Audible and search Rose Carraway. Sign up for Audible's 30-day trial and you can get one of my audiobooks for free. Your subscription will include one free audiobook every month, as well as give you discounted prices on all of my audiobooks. You can cancel at any time. I'd like to thank the following musical artists. Rui Ennio, The Little Brother Mads Little Glass Men Three Chain Links Portrayal Kai Engel The introduction and closing music by vivich Audio production by Big Daddy Dave Caraway. The Kiss Me Quick's Erotica Podcast is a Stupid Fish production. Stupid Fish. Stupid <laughs> Fish. Let out, money in your let <laughs> out,